Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, but tomorrow is happy Thursday for me because I'm off. Verse of the week. Who wants to repeat it without me repeating it? Come on, come on, come on. Say it again. Whosoever. If you want to get, if you want to get with that translation. For who shall ever call upon the Lord shall be saved. Romans ten thirteen. Well, that's fact. I watched a movie last night. Strange movie, but it was good. Resurrection of somebody's stone, but he was, a, he was, I can't think of his first name, but he was a rock star, and then he had to do, uh, he had to do, got in trouble with his partying, and had to do community service, and had to do community service in a church, and he was an actor, so they put him playing the part of Jesus, and he faked it through until the very end, and when he's on the cross, he recognized Oh, man, I need to really do this. It was pretty cool. And he called on the name of the Lord, and he got saved. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, God's good. Probably just a movie, but still good. <laughs> Ladies Bible study, Monday, February 5th at 1, one o'clock? Uh, yes, it's our, our celebration time. Yeah, but is it 1 o'clock? Did you all get that? Yeah. That's for the news. They're partying. Uh, and they're, they're partying. just not telling anybody but the women. Uh huh. Likely story. Twelve o'clock is your party. But but the twelfth, you're starting a new series, Romans. That'll be interesting, him teaching Romans. Has it been you been I'm sure you're already well into it. Good, good, good. Do you want to share anything about it? <laughs> That's why I said that. Camp Brainstorm Meeting, if you have any interest, and please have interest in the camp. That's one of our big outreaches. Uh, they're having a brainstorm meeting February 6th at 6.30. That'd probably be upstairs. Uh, mark your calendars on Sunday, February 11th. There will be having our annual Jersey Sunday. I don't have any team that I ever wear, have ever weared. Weared? Worn. <laughs> going to be an exciting night, I can tell. I could wear a Chester yellow jacket, paint my chest. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my shirt off and just paint my chest. <laughs> Not. No, gravity is already, I'm, I'm 74. <laughs> let's, let's move on. I got to speak, hush. Uh, Super Bowl party on Sunday, February. L listen, even if you don't like the teams, even if you don't like football, come anyway. We're going to have Mike. Will there be chairs facing the other way? <laughs> Absolutely. All you got to do is turn yours around. Bring, bring uh, outside chairs, or if you want to sit on just a chair, sit in there. We'll have tables set up for eating. We'll have the food. Bring food if you have it. We're going to have tea. If you want other drinks, bring other drinks yourself. Uh, Donna, would you like to get up and share anything else? No. I, I tried to get her to announce it, but she, no. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. We're going to decorate the gym. We've got a, how big is that screen? 11 by 9. 16 by 9. 16 by 9, and it's going to, the, 
the people that are playing football will look as big as you and I are, if not bigger. Pardon? I could care what Taylor Smith looks like. We better move on. Yeah, and any, any commercials that is X-rated, we will all just, I'll go about face. Everybody will turn around and not watch it. Start conversation. Start conversation. Uh, annual 413 barbecue, that's always fun. We usually have a really, really, really cold day whenever they cook. It seems like every year uh, it's like down in the freezing. But February 25th, by then we may have 70-degree weather the way things are going. 60-plus tomorrow here. That will be good. Oh, prayer request, folks. Stan Newby had hand surgery, and they had to go a little more extensive than they thought, and hands and feet are horrible pain. So keep him in prayer. He's in pain. Uh, Mike Coffey is about the same, Donna, from where he was. That's been dragging on for so long. So we need to keep in prayer. And Eddie, Eddie had a heart attack on us and went to the hospital and got a stent. And going to get another stent, but he's up and going in here. Eddie, are you here? Where? Eddie's yeah. back on the camera. He's got nine lives or more. He keeps he keeps on going. Father, we lift up lift up these. We know there's others, but Father, we lift up Stan Newby. We know uh, the pain level. He just got to stay on top of the pain and take the pain medicine that they give him. We thank you that whatever they did, they got the reconstruction completely like it needs to be. He's not going to have any complications or any problems with it. We speak healing over him, no infection, no problem, pain level is going to start subsiding as we speak right now, Father. We thank you for it. Lift up Mr. Coffee. Don't know all the ins and the outs of why this has been dragging on so long, but Father, we just speak life over him right now. We curse this situation, Father. I last night woke up in the middle of the night feeling like it was a it was a it was a spiritual battle. So Father, we bind every unclean, hindering spirit that's attacking him right now. We demand it to come off of him, leave the building, leave the hospital. And we thank you, Father, He's from this moment on, from this moment on, we're speaking healing over his life, and he's going to be better tomorrow morning than he's been in months. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise, and we trust in that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lift up Eddie. Thank you that he caught the problem before the problem caught him. And thank you that they're going to be able to go back in and, and fix fix the rest that needs to be repaired, and he's going to have a, a good and healthy life, Father. We speak life over him right now. Thank you for tonight, all the young people that are here, all the classes that are going about and going on. Uh, we just speak life to them, Father. We thank you that as they call in the name of the Lord, they will be saved, and we thank you for it. Open our hearts in here, Father. You have put in each and every one of us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we're going to get have some understanding, better understanding of it tonight as we walk through them again. And thank you that we're going we're gonna to seek those gifts because your word says to seek those. And we thank you, Father, that as we seek them, you will use us to help other people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Title of the message, I normally have them put the scripture up, but I have so many scriptures tonight that I didn't even write them down for them because we got a lot of scripture tonight. Speaking to God's the title, if you want to put that down. I want to read uh, just four verses in the midst of. Again, if, you, if, if you've got interest in this, and you should have, don't just read chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. Read 12, 13, and 14, all three, 
and then go back and read 12, 13, and 14, and then go back and read 12, 13, and 14, and then go back and read 12, 13, and 14, then go back and read 12, 13, and 14, until you get it, because as you read through 12 and get, get a handle on the gifts, and then you read 13 and recognize that love is the major gift of all of it, that everything that you do have in you, God wants it to come out in love. And then 14 explains more of, of the details of the gifts that we have. But in John, in John 1, 4, I'll read this first. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. That's everybody, folks. For, one, for, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. By one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he capital he wills he is in charge of the gifts but when you when you called on the lord and you were saved that split second you had every one of the gifts that we've been talking about for the past few weeks in you to be used by him now what he wants us to do is to grow up and mature so that we can use them and operate in love and be sensitive to them when he wants to flow through us. More, some people are more sensitive to others in these gifts. Uh, I don't know why that is. Are they, are they more sensitive? Are they more spiritual? No, they're not any more spiritual. They're just, God just uses people for different things. But no one person has their gift, and they use it when they want to, only God. They may get in the flesh, pull that door shut, if you will. We've got we to soundproof that room. They don't realize that it echoes off the walls and comes out. Yeah, or pull it just a little bit shut. It's got insulation on the back of it, which helps. Let's go into the, the teaching tonight. We saw at the very beginning as we got into this, John 1, verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. That is where everything's at, folks, knowing that the Holy Spirit lives in you and knowing that you're carrying, you're carrying the power of God. I, I listened to a, a, a thing on Israel today, and there was three, uh, one was a colonel in the Israeli army, had retired, and there were some big-time people that had went down to the border where, at Gaza where all this took place. And in the midst of seeing everything, then they had a chance to watch videos of some of the stuff that went on. And their words were, this was beyond human. They said this was demonic. Some of the stuff that we've seen and witnessed in the video that was accurate of what took place was no, no human would live this way. Well, that's what we're battling now. That's why it's so vitally important for us to recognize what we're fighting is not, it's, it's not flesh and blood. Th those people were demon-possessed and spirit-driven spirit by the wrong spirit. You can't take a baby out of an incubator and hold them by the head and cut their head off and be a normal person. You can't rape a woman and then grab another woman and start raping her when you shot the other one with a gun. I mean, that's not... But see, we, we're, to, we're so totally on the other side that we can't even grasp how people can be that way. 
But that's what they're from a little infant. They're raised to be that way. Well, that's why it's so important for us to be raised and recognize what we've got in us and start being sensitive to having the things that's here. Uh, we should be living the. We should be living a spirit-filled life, ongoing every day of our life. No matter what goes on, no matter what takes place, be able to handle every situation with peace and calm, and not in the flesh, and walk walk with God. And when we can get there, or even get close to being there, then God's going to start using you with the gifts that's inside of you. That's just the way it works. And you'll see it. The more you, the closer you get to God, the more you get sensitive to God. I can remember when. First got involved in church, and then, because I'm, my study habits are so crazy with my dyslexia, I had to concentrate all the time just to get two sermons a week together. So if I would go watch a movie, I would feel weird because it would take you out of that realm that you needed to stay into. Has anybody been there? I mean, it's like you're so into something that if anything else comes along, it distorts you. Well, I'm finding in my old age... That's where you're supposed to stay all of the time. You, you have to be so careful what the world is bringing around you to sidetrack you in things that are not what we're supposed to be. How can you be sensitive to God if you're watching something on TV that is demonic? That is, I mean, that's like, football's great, but the commercials between them are funny, but yet most of it is garbage. And that's the kind of stuff that pulls you away. You say, well, is that bad for you? No, that's entertainment, and God wants you to have fun, and, and I'm not. But the fact is, you've got to always pull yourself back and say, okay, he's number one. He's the life, and that life is in me, and I, I need to share that life to reach out to the next person to bring them to Christ. But we've got, we've got the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for, to profit all. We all have that. Then it tells us between 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 and 6, talks about God's in charge, Jesus sets the order, and the Holy Spirit's the one that encourages you to do and be what you're supposed to be. He wants, he wants us to be obedient to the gift of the Holy Spirit, basically. We start off by talking about words of wisdom. A good example of word of wisdom is, is Solomon dealing with the two prostitutes that had one baby between them, and they were arguing over whose the baby was, he had the wisdom to say, okay, cut the baby in half. And the true mother then screamed, no, 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 just let her have it. That's wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? It's, it's, having the, it's having the answer to a situation and circumstance without you knowing you had the answer. It just comes up like, oh, no, this is what you're supposed to do. Word of knowledge. I love words of knowledge because words of knowledge deals with past, present, and future. Uh, you, can, you can know something about somebody just for that moment to set them straight in the way they're going and help them. That's what it's all about is to help them. And if you have that, uh, example of that is the, the lady at the well. He said, go tell your husband, knowing that she wasn't married and knowing that she had many more before that. And that shook her to the core because this is the Son of God. This is, this is the Lord. That's word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits. Ah, the people I was listening to today, they recognized that the, there was a wrong spirit in this. No one lives and does that without them being totally demonic. And that's the whole situation. Everybody knows where all the problems are. It's coming from Iran because Iran wants to get rid of Israel. 
because they think in their religion, they've been taught in their religion, that when they get rid of the Jewish people, God will come back. That's why they're so fervent in what they're doing, but yet it's a demonic situation. But discerning of spirits is... What's Ephesians 6, 11, 12 say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in dark places. That's everywhere outside this building. Everywhere. It's in the air. It's there all the time. If you could see it, you probably couldn't handle what's really going on in the spirit realm. But it's there. But we have a discerner in that. In Matthew 16, 23, what did Jesus, or what did Jesus say to Was it Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Because he recognized Peter wasn't thinking the things of God. He was thinking the things of the world. And he knew what it would do. Then there's faith. What is faith? It's a supernatural faith. It's a, it's a, just, you know that you know that you know that you're believing for it and it's going to happen. And does that happen often? The, the more you're in it, the more you see it and the more it happens. It's, it's pretty exciting. First Kings 17, 1 Kings 17.1, there will be no rain for three years. Well, buddy, you better have faith for that one if you're going to speak it out. And it happened. He, he knew it was going to happen. Uh, Acts 3, Peter and John going to the, the temple. And at the gate, there was a man there crippled. They always brought him up there. What did they say to him? Silver and gold they don't have, but what I got you can have. Get up. You talk about having faith. That's kind of like Jesus raising people from the dead. You better have faith. I mean, you better have a supernatural faith when you're going to go do that. Healing. I love that one. Healing, is, and, and I've had that multiple times. I just knew that I knew if I got my hands on somebody, they would be healed. Example I give with my boys. With One time, one of them had a high fever. I'll never forget that because it was kind of a teaching for me. Laid hands on him, and I just felt him just cool down. It was just like, that. Boom, and no. My, I'll never forget, my father lived a crazy life, started coming to church here because I was the pastor and he was sitting right back over there. He had a he had real severe staph infection in his knee from breaking his knee out of his replacement in real bad shape, taking antibiotics. And during praise and worship, he felt the power of God just go over him. And from that point on, he was never the same spiritually, cried every time you talked to him. Got totally healed from that. What is that? That's the healing process that takes place. And if you've got the gift of healing at the time and touch somebody, they, they're going to get that. It's, it's pretty exciting when you, you walk into that. Peter, uh, Peter said in Acts 9.40, he told Tabitha, Arise, get up, you'll be okay. Uh, miracles, supernatural intervention. Not the normal. In other words, in other words, if there's gravity, if, if God wants it to be, there won't be gravity. I, I've always said, one of these days it's going to happen. I've always said, I'm going to come off the stage and step off this step right here. And I'm going to be walking. I won't step down. And I'm going to be standing right here on top of the air. You say, well, why would you say that? Because I felt like God showed me that years ago. So before I quit this, it's going to happen. You say, well, what are you talking well, if God showed it to you and you believe it and he performs miracles, why couldn't it happen? Could you imagine what that would do with a person's faith? Because see, this is not for me. The gift is not for Betty. The gift is not for Doc. It's not for Carol. 
is for everybody around them. It's for everybody else. And that's part of the problem we're having in this day and time. And that's what happened in the charismatic move. God was moving tremendously in the gifts, these gifts right here. And it got to be where the person with the gift, they thought it was their gift. And they were going to churches with their gift. And finally God said, no, this is not your gift. And they went ahead in the flesh and did a lot of it. And still happens. They do a lot of it. But we've got to come back to the place of saying, whose gift is it? And who's supposed to be blessed in it? If I have a word for somebody, it needs to bless the person and not lift me up. We've got to recognize how we've got to step back and keep ourselves from walking in pride. But we're, we, everyone, everybody here struggles with that one. What about when Jesus fed the 5,000? You talk about a miracle. We've seen that in the Chosen when we watched it. Uh, what a supernatural thing for the basket just to keep filling up when they passed it around. I'll never forget when we got to have the, the play here. And whenever they did that over in the corner, the excitement that you could feel coming across the people. It's all for that reason. It's to raise and lift up the name of Jesus and what goes on. And what about Jesus in the boat? That was in that movie last night I watched. Jesus was asleep in the boat. Stood up and said, be still. And whew, the waves just... I'll never forget when we were in Israel that time that the, the water started rising up out in the boat because just that particular body of water because the mountains around it would turn into waves just instantly. And just seen a little example of that when we was out on it, I thought, whew, I bet this can get treacherous out here. But he just stood up in the boat, or he maybe just laid down where he was laying because he was sleeping, and he just told the storm to be quiet. You know, I'm, gonna sleep. I'm sleeping. Just settle down. You know, you know. Wouldn't it have been awesome to walk with him? I don't know. been awesome to walk with him now if we just do it. Now, getting into the one that's for tonight. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. This is the most debated gift in there. And as I, as I was going over things today, I really think God purposely placed that gift in us so we could see the activity of it anytime we wanted to. Because as we'll get into this, you'll find that you'll find that everybody here can speak in tongues anytime they want to speak in tongues. And we'll get into that. Let's get, let's get into, there's, interpret, there's, there's tongues, interpretation tongues, we'll talk about that. Then there's prophecy. Well, prophecy is, prophecy is speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And prophecy is sometimes just what I'm doing right here. It's getting up. It's getting up and encouraging people. In, in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Anytime anybody is prophesying over somebody, their responsibility is not to go anywhere in the negative, anywhere outside of the Word of God. And their, 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 their words are to be words of encouragement. That's why, does anybody remember when Dick Mills used to come by? Amazing. He had the entire Bible memorized to the place where his words that he had for people were nothing but Scripture. Anybody could take them, but I have got a stack of those at home that he spoke over me, and I can take any of those at any time, and I'm encouraged because it's a word. 
But when you're walking in the gift of prophecy, you come across with a boldness and an anointing that touches hearts and touches, touches lives. It's amazing what it does. But 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, comfort, and men. Uh, it always glorifies Jesus. Scripture on that 16, John 16, 14, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Well, if you're prophesying to somebody or a group of people, you're, 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 your responsibility is to glorify Jesus. Your, another responsibility is everything you speak lines up with Scripture. There's nothing outside of Scripture against Scripture, I might say. There's nothing against Scripture. It, it always produces liberty and not bondage. There have been those that have passed through at places I've been that could tell you you've got 37 cents in your pocket and you may have but when it was all said and done with one of the places I was at he took up three offerings that night and then had the audacity to say audacity to say now if anybody out there needs it more than I do these offerings I'll let you have it I almost raised my hand just because I knew this dude was a false prophet and what he was doing and how he was doing it. He was walking in a familiar spirit, not in the things of God. He wasn't walking in things that lined up with the Word of God. And interesting, didn't take very many years, that church completely closed down the building, sitting empty right today. You can't have that kind of stuff going on. But it, it produces liberty to people, not bondage. And many times it will flow with wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. They'll know, they'll know these things as they're talking to you to encourage you and to lift you up. They may know past, present, and future things about you. They may know, but it's always encouraging and, and brings you up in a place. It's an awesome thing. Matter of fact, uh, Paul even says in the scripture, you know, I speak in tongues more than you all, and you should speak in tongues, but really, better than tongues is prophecy. Because speaking just in tongues, nobody understands, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But prophecy is there to exhort you and to build you up and to, to make, you, make you feel better. Like when you leave, you feel good. Nothing worse than coming to church and leaving feeling bad. Anybody been to those services? Feel like, you, feel like you're not even saved and you've been cut down and beat up? And They say, oh, I like them kind of sermons. They're stepping on my toes. No, they're beating you up. They're not building you up. They're beating you up. And if that's what you like, that's, that's, not, that's not edifying at all. Now, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Mark 16, 17. Signs and wonders follow the believer. Cast, you cast out demons and you speak in tongues. Hmm. Debated, 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 debated. It, it, some churches say they passed away. All these gifts have passed away. No, they have not passed away. A God-given ability to communicate with God in a language not understood by you. That's what tongues is. Well, now, when did I get tongues? How? There was a season in my life, and there was a season where it was taught that it was a second happening in your life. You got saved, then you got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thought that because I was taught that. But then as I studied the scripture, I found that all that was is you didn't recognize what you already had. When you got born again, the moment, the split second you give your heart to Jesus, you had the ability to flow in the gift of tongues, according to scripture. 
And what's ex and you say, maybe you're sitting here tonight, and maybe you're here by a thing, and you say, well, I've never prayed in tongues. Maybe you haven't, but you can. And if I hope before the night's over, you'll want to. Because it does so much for you. Really, it's seen in different ways. Number one is, we should recognize it when we're, when we're born again. We should be brought to that attention immediately. Now, you have these gifts. And of all the gifts, God, God is in charge of all of them. But the one in tongues, he gives you the ability to flow with it on a personal basis. To have it to build you up, to have it for prayer, and we'll talk about that. But we got to recognize Acts two forces, and they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Acts ten forty six says they heard they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. When they when they were when they were when they were there together with God and the Holy Spirit came. They were all so excited about the Spirit of God that come on them that they were speaking in languages they, did, they didn't even understand, but other people understood what they were saying. You say, well, if, if you're real fresh in this here, you're going, what are you, what are you talking about? It's a language. I could, before I started speaking in tongues, it was something that I, at times when I was really with God and really it was an intimate time with God, I, I felt this something that was supposed to have come up, but I didn't know what in the world it was. Well, then when I had it explained to me and then I let it go, that tongues was really that language. What it actually is, is I can pray in the spirit in tongues. I have no idea unless I ask for interpretation, I have no idea what I'm praying, and, but he does. And the Bible tells me, we'll go through these scriptures, he prays through you in the spirit to get the job done that we don't know needs to be done. Have you ever had somebody, Mr. Coffee has just, I haven't had anybody in my heart as much as that man for years. And I get, Lisa was telling me, her same way, she got woke up last night. I got woke up last night. It was like, man, is he on my mind? And I just saw, I, I can say, Lord, I speak healing over his life, and I pray that the doctors know what they're doing, and I can say a few things like that, but guess who runs out of what to say? Yes. Me. That's where, and I'll get these scriptures pulled out, that's where you go into praying in tongues, and you pray in tongues until you get a release and know that you've prayed enough. Well, what is that? It's a supernatural gift talking to him. It's like, it's, it's almost, folks, it's almost like you got a cell phone. Can I say it this way? It's almost like you got a cell phone and you got his number and nobody else can hear it. And you pray in tongues and he, through the Spirit, helps you with that until there's a time what needs to be said. and what See, prayer, prayer is God giving us what to pray. He has us pray, and then he answers it. That, I mean, that's just the cycle of prayer. We get the burden to pray for something. He gives it to us. We pray, and then he fixes it. He does nothing without prayer. I'm right here because of prayer. My mother knew where I needed to be doing. But if you don't know how far to go with it, then... Spirit gives you unctions and Spirit gives you the tongues and Spirit gives you that, that manifestation and you pray 
and you pray and you pray, it, it's, it's totally, you recognize it, folks, uh, when, when you do it. Can I say it that way? You recognize, no, this, this is God. 1 Corinthians 14, 5 says, I wish you all, Paul said this, he's talking to the church. He said, I wish you all spoke with tongues. He said that. Well, if he said that, then it must be something we all could be doing. Then he said in 14, in 14 18 of 1 Corinthians, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. He said, I'm glad that I speak in tongues more than you all. In 14.15, he says, in conclusion, pray with the Spirit and sing with the Spirit. You can even sing in the Spirit. And there's a time that took place around here. We would just all go off. Now, there has to be order in all of this or it becomes crazy. But he addresses that. That's why I'm encouraging you. I, I can't read all the scriptures on this. 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians talks about all of this stuff I'm talking about. Now, there's the personal tongues, the prayer, and let me see if I can keep going along here and pull up the scripture in that. Uh, Jude 20, there's only one book in Jude, verse 20 says, you, you beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I have found the more I pray in the Spirit, the stronger I am in the Spirit. There's another scripture that tells you to pray all the time in the Spirit. I think that's in, in Galatians. It tells you to pray all the time in the Spirit. So in other words, when you're not talking, you should be praying under your breath. When you're by yourself somewhere where nobody can hear you, you should be praying in the Spirit. Why? Because that builds up your spirit, man. And you're all the time speaking with God all the time, and He's dropping stuff in your heart all the time that you need. Now, another scripture. Romans 8, 26. The Spirit helps... In our weakness, when we do not know what to pray, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. So when you're in a place where you don't know what to... I can't tell you how much I prayed in the Spirit with Chris's situation. I can't tell you how much I prayed in the Spirit with situations that Keith has went through. I can't tell you how much I've prayed in the Spirit... Could, could I just go on and on and on? Things in the church, not knowing what to do with the situation and circumstance, not wanting to make a wrong decision... Didn't know how to even talk about it to people. Didn't know what to say. I found in my life, praying in the Spirit, always give me relief. Always give me peace. Always, always, eventually give me the answer to what I needed. Always, always. It give, why? Because that's what the Bible says. Ephesians six eighteen says, praying always with all prayer at all times in the Spirit. There it is. When? All the time. Why? Because it edifies you. Why? Because it gives you the things you need. Why? Because it's a personal gift that he give us. Now, you can't have words of wisdom all the time. You can't have words of knowledge all the time. You can have it if he wants you to use it. But this gift he give to you to use all the time because he said, I give you this gift. It's kind of like putting gas in your car. <laughs> I had a shock yesterday. The gas is not even high. I had to use the church van, so I, when I got it back from using it, I topped it back off. I drove to Belleville and back, cost me $27. Well, my car wouldn't have cost me two bucks. Revelation. You have to have gas to keep going. You have to have the spirit to keep going. And the more 
the more you pray in the Spirit, the stronger you're going to be, the better you're going to be, the faster you're going to go, the more you're going to operate. It just works that way. Well, well, Pastor, what about tongues in church? has to be done in order, according to Scripture, and I'm not going to get into all of those. If somebody has a tongue, it has to be in order at the right time. It has to come up at the right time. It's very difficult because if you have the gift of tongue at that time, the Bible also says somebody else needs to interpret. Otherwise, you don't do it. So if you have a gift, if you have a tongue, an unction to have a tongue, you better at the same time be ready to answer it because what good is tongues in, in a meeting if nobody knows what you're talking about? And Paul addresses this. He said, it's a great gift, but I'd rather you prophesy. But if you do speak in tongues, then you better interpret or have somebody interpret. How awesome it is to have somebody give a tongue and then somebody interpret. And have I been there and seen it? Yes, yes, yes. We've, we've seen it here. Yes, yes, yes. But it still has to be in our order. This type of church doesn't happen as often because it says in the Bible that tongues is for the unbeliever. That's what it says. So you don't have it as much, but you do have it. But it's something that goes on. You say, well, what's interpretation? Interpretation is not having a word for word. Interpretation is hearing the tongues and having this unction, almost prophesying what you felt like God is saying at the moment in the congregation. You have a tongue to get everybody's attention, because it does. And then all of a sudden, somebody over here or over there then speaks up and has a word for the entire church, which is the interpretation. It can happen, but it can't happen unless we start opening our hearts up and letting it happen and getting to that place of trusting that God's got us in all of that and he's going to take care of us. 1 Corinthians 27, 14, 27, and 20, 28 says that there's got, it, there's got to be interpretation, but everything has to be done in order. Uh, you say, well, you mean we're Pentecostal church? Well, we really are. The only difference is there's a lot of emotion tied up in some of the churches like that. I mean, they climb over, they climb over the chairs and they run around and they roll on the floor and it, it just gets out of order. Remember the laughing movement that went on for a while? Everybody in the church was laughing. That was real, except it got into the flesh and they were literally moving the chairs out so everybody could roll and laugh. And, and but it was real. Because I got caught up in it myself a little bit. I mean, it was neat to see the power of God moving on people and just laughter just went crazy in the church. But that was all part of God moving and touching hearts and lives. But it seems like everything has to swing and come back to the balance where it's supposed to be. And that's why I'm teaching on this to recognize. I feel personally that God's going to come back into this movement. I can, I don't see... Personally, I don't see any way people are going to start coming to Christ unless until they see, until they see the gifts of the spirits moving in the church. Could you imagine how many people would be here if somebody genuinely got you seen somebody get a new arm? Or John, all of a sudden he recognizes that God just took this glass eye he has and made it whole. Could it happen? Absolutely. And I think we're going to start seeing that toward the end times. What a, I mean, look, the world's nuts. I mean, they're nuts. And the separation is getting wider. And wider. It used to be that gray matter that you could play in. You can't play in that gray matter anymore. You're either for Christ, and he's, like John said earlier, what a good example. 
he got me. Because I literally, I mean, hooked on a stupid Dr. Pepper. I went, if I went by the machine going from work, I had to turn around and go back and get it. That's an addiction is what that is. I had to have that sugar. But I got to breathe all the time. And I'm finding in my life I cannot live without the Holy Spirit living in my life all the time. Because when I don't have him, I don't feel right. I do things that I, that the flesh is happy with, but that then the flesh, you ever find, you ever, you ever noticed the flesh is never, ever happy? You get something you like, you want something a little more. You get a shiny car, you want a shinier car. I mean, that's just the flesh. But in the spirit, you're just content. You have peace as long as you walk in obedience to him. That's why this is so important to recognize. It's so important to walk with God. He said in 14.5, if you can't interpret, you're better off to prophesy. You're better off to encourage people. So what's the bottom line on the gifts? They've got, you got them. You've got everything you need to touch and help people everywhere you work. Everybody here works and lives in, in a different arena all the time. Every one of us. I don't care who it is. Could you imagine if you just every day say, Lord, I'm going to be in contact with these people. I see them every day. Give me a word of wisdom for them. Give me a word of knowledge for them. Give me, give me a gift of healing. If, they, if they've got a bad cold or a headache, let me be able to just lay my hands on their shoulders. Hey, in Jesus' name, man, I hope you, hope you get better. And boom, they go, whoa, I'm feeling pretty good. It's, it's there. It works. I know it works. I've, I've been there, but I'm not there like I used to be. So this teaching, my studies, has been as, good, as much for me as you. And if you haven't got nothing out of this, I have. Because I recognize... I got to, as a Christian, I got to get back and be more sensitive to wherever I, even, I mean, go to Walmart. You're going to run into somebody you see that you recognize or you know. Why not, could you imagine walking up to the, the cash register lady or man that's standing there for six, seven hours at a time and being polite to them and nice to them and without you even knowing it and you're talking to them and encouraging them, have a word of wisdom for them that they're going through something that you don't even know what they're going through and you have the exact thing they need to fix their problem and how much better they would feel and them to wonder, where did you get that? How did you know that? Well, I just felt like, I just felt like Holy Spirit that's in me, that lives in me, I just felt like God told me that for you. Man, that's just what I needed. That's, that's the answer to my problem. Wow, I feel better. You, you, you just reached over and touched my hand and... I felt lightning go through my body. Well, that was just God trying to, to help you get through the day. Change the world. We just got to do our part with it, though. That's, that's the way it is. Got Scripture. 1 Corinthians 13. In the middle of all these gifts and all what you do with these gifts is the book on love. It's all got to be done with love. All, everything you do, everybody you talk to, in love. Every cashier person went over to the Chinese restaurant today, and little old Chinese people just love when me and Donna go in there because we just we're good to them and we're nice to them. They're just so excited to see us and can't understand a word they say. Maybe I need to go in with interpretation or something. I don't know. But how does that happen? 
just by walking in the love that's inside of you, being kind to them, being nice to them, being to everybody. Could you imagine if everybody here was nice to everybody all the time, how different it would be? Instead of being nice in here and then going out and criticizing and talking about, just keep that good spirit all the way wherever you go, and then when you bring it back, it's still there. God is good. It's done to help others, according to Scripture. We have the gifts to help others, every one of us. Father, we thank you. I thank you that everybody here at the sound of my voice is walking with the Spirit of God inside them, and every one of them have every gift that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, healing, miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And I thank you, Father, there anybody be here tonight that does not speak in tongues to edify and build their self up. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to show that to them in their quiet time with you. And Father, thank you that they're going to recognize this is good and this is what I need to do often, often, often. The Bible tells us to do it all the time. So Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for giving us a tool to continue to build ourselves up. Fill up our gas tank, Father, every day of our life, and we thank you that it's done to help other people. We give you all the praise tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Call you blessed. You've got two minutes. <laughs>